on the first day, man was granted a soul, and with it, clarity. On the second day, upon earth was planted an irrevocable poison, a soul-devouring demon. For man suffered endlessly, as it seemed the clarity only granted him insight into his own destruction, his own demise, and the ability for the demons endlessly searching for their souls to now have the sustenance they desired. The gods are cruel, for it appears that these very gods are the same demons seeking our souls to devour them. Cursed be the old one. Boletaria needs a hero. Welcome back to another episode of Video Game Mythos, everyone. Apologies for the delay. I had a really sick kid, and I had to travel for work. Oh yeah, I have a day job. Ryan and I actually both have day jobs. And sure, I know, we would love to sit around and podcast all day long, but sadly, it just doesn't pay enough. Or at all. But you know what that means? That means we do this because we love you. And damn, do I love you. Actually, I love you so much that Video Game Mythos will be attending the WV PopCon for the second year in a row. On September 7th and 8th, which is actually a Saturday and a Sunday, so you shouldn't have to work, Ryan and myself, along with the rest of the 13 Palm Trees fam, will be packing up and setting up shop to showcase our podcasts at the PopCon. So come on out and meet us face-to-face, tell us your ideas for Video Game Mythos, and just talk nerd stuff with us. While you're here, you can jump on and talk with Wasted Local Talent about local music and businesses. You can get in a word with Gurus of Gaming while you're talking about your favorite video games. Or hit up the crew to D&D Kinda, as we're going to be doing some panels, D&D discussions, and might even be playing a few games. We are really looking forward to getting out there and meeting you all. Check out wvpop.com for more information on that. Also, while you're at it, check out 13palmtrees.com slash merch and check out our Video Game Mythos shirts. They look sleek, so get yourself one soon, or any merch from any of our shows in the 13 Palm Trees Network. We have all kinds of stuff, so check it out. Next, thanks to everyone on Twitter who's sharing the show using the VG Mythos hashtag. I've already started slinging some Steam codes and download codes to people, and there have been some really good video games going out, so be sure to keep doing that to keep getting games. Share the show, get video games. Pretty simple. So, now that we've covered all that, let's go to the real reason we are here, shall we? Today, we are diving into the harrowing dark world of Boletaria from the hit PlayStation 3 exclusive, Demon Souls. The world was once victim to a previous scourge of demons in an ancient past before King Alant came to the throne. The Old One, an entity of unfathomable power, had awakened the bane of existence into the world, unleashing terrible demons that ripped the land asunder, consequently exterminating half of humankind. Those that would become the Monumentals sought to spare the land from further harm, and combined with their knowledge of soul arts, returned the Old One back to its slumber. 
what remained of the human race slowly rebuilt the desolate world, and the greatest of minds converged to conjure solutions to stop the destruction of the world in the event of the Old One reawakening. They divided the lands amidst different regions to return life to where there was none, and they ordered archstones be constructed and placed throughout the world, all of which were connected to a central archstone used for interregional travel, known as the Nexus. Within the Nexus, these archstones sat engraved in beautiful sculptures, and within these archstones, dimensional gates, and within them rested the six regions that made up that of Balataria. The first being the Balatarian Palace. The Balatarian Palace became home of the might of two fire-breathing dragons and the three heroes of Balataria transformed by the demonic fog. The kingdom was once privileged to house its finest heroes, Alfred, the Knight of the Tower, Medas, the Knight of the Lance, and Longbow Ulan, who commanded a legion of archers. Their physical bodies were twisted and distorted into demonic entities while their souls remained to guard the pathway leading to their false king, a demonic embodiment of the true King Alant. Beneath them, the Stonefang Tunnels was an excavation site under the control of King Alant. The miners who devoted their lives to the soldiers of Volataria remained stubborn in their fruitless efforts to support the king, and rather than attempt to flee when the fog approached, they remained behind. Now devoid of sentience and soul, they mindlessly continued to chisel away at the tunnels. The caves create a maze-like system beneath the excavation ground worthy of its name, the Tunnel City. Rumors of the tunnels sitting on a shrine of an ancient dragon are abound. The ancestors of the excavators were said to have worshipped and revered the dragon as a god. At its core sits a temple devoted to a fire demon, whose flames are said to be the very essence from which blacksmithing was begun. Away from this, the Tower of Latria. The Tower of Latria was a shrine devoted to the Ivory Queen and the lands neighboring Balataria. With her husband, Latria ruled her kingdom, encompassing a penitentiary, a church, and the great tower itself, to the great adoration and respect of her people. Latria banished her husband from the lands for unknown reasons, and when the fog bathed the kingdom, Latria's husband found himself filled with a terrible and vengeful lust. He soon discovered the source of his mad desires a beautiful and flowing golden garb that seemed to beckon his name. When he put the robe on, a rage filled within him. The old man returned, ordered his wife exiled from her own kingdom and her family imprisoned in the cells Latria formerly governed. In each cell block, the old man commanded inhuman guards to keep watch over the tortured prisoners for eternity. He oversaw the construction of an idol made in his wife's image to give false hope to the inmates, and with the masses of flesh acclimated throughout the years, the old man has begun creating his own army of demons, among them the ravenous man-eaters. Suspended from the middle of the tower is a large mechanical heart constructed in an effort to help maintain the old man's own existence. The souls of the damned inside the prison are used as life-giving sustenance to keep the heart beating. In time, 
the old man's body began to wither and decay, and the golden garb, the true source of the man's demonic rage, beckoned a new host. With the old man rid of the robe's life force, he breathed his last gasp of air. The Shrine of Storms The Shrine of Storms was an isolated land where pagans would go to worship the god of storms, and where legends of fallen heroes were mourned. The colorless fog released a flood of souls from many of the catacombs, which soon found hosts, and the skeletal remains littered across the island. Tales of great pagan deities and Boletarian folklore gave birth to reality as the shrine is now home to fiction made flesh. Adjudicator, the great judge of the deceased, awaits the passing of a new hero to begin the process of purification before the soul is given up as a sacrifice to the great storm king, a mighty beast that soars high above the island's ancestral burial ground. The Storm King himself is merely the embodiment of the ideas of a pagan civilization that was founded in ancient times, given corporeal form by the colorless fog. Deep inside the ruins of the Shrine of Storms is a burial ground devoted to the legend of a great and nameless hero who now blindly continues his lust for power and fame, he as well a legend of a distant generation perpetuated by the pagan rituals. Beneath all of them, the Valley of Defilement. This place is a wretched home for the abused and neglected citizens of Boletaria. A dumping ground for the kingdom's unholy, the valley became notorious as a place where one could leave the fetus of an unwanted child to rot in the festering swamps. Hearing of the valley's dreadful circumstance, the sixth saint, Astrea, took it upon herself, along with her companions, the holy knight, Lysaea, the moonlit knight, Beto, and Carl Vinland traveled there in hopes of freeing the depraved souls consumed by the fog. The mindless drones that now remain in the valley will violently attack any who threaten them in hopes of claiming souls to offer up to the great maiden who showed them compassion. In the deepest pits of the valley are born two vile demons out of the putrilage and plague that lingers in the deadly bog. It is said that Astraea pledged herself to a will of a demon's soul to help ease the pain of the suffering, rather than accept the aid of a cruel god who would allow such a place to exist in the first place. These five lands make up now what is Balataria, and amidst the realm of reality and death exists a place known as the Nexus, which is a hub for souls who traverse the ethereal worlds hoping to reclaim their bodies in the resting place of those six archstones. The sixth archstone is broken and unusable by the players, but the lands it sends the players to, if it were active, is known as the Northern Lands. The Northern Lands were once home to a race of mighty giants. They lived in relative peace with the rest of Balataria until the thick colorless fog swept in and blanketed their domain. The northern lands were the first to succumb to the spread of demons, and in an effort to contain the madness, Boletaria sent hundreds of thousands of its finest knights to the great kingdom to fend off the threat. The effort was for naught, and the archstone connecting to this land was later destroyed as a last-ditch effort to contain the chaos. It did not succeed. Below the nexus sleeps the fabled Old One offering the promise to all travelers that enter through it. 
the limitless prosperity to any that gives him or herself up to him. King Alant Twelfth of Boletaria dreamed of bringing eternal wealth to his mighty kingdom and thus gave himself wholly to the Old One's will, awakening it from its long slumber. Alas, prosperity did not befall Boletaria, but instead the colorless fog of chaos and calamity blanketed the lands and those still living were soon no longer among the sane. Within the Nexus, the Maiden in Black remains its keeper keeping its candles lit and watching over the souls of the beings trapped within. This maiden is said to be one of the most powerful demons in existence, and she has the ability to modify the player's abilities in exchange for souls. Her eyes are occluded by wax, although this seems to have little impact on her ability to perceive the world around her. The maiden once had the ability to suck the soul out of any creature, instantly killing them, but it seems that she no longer can. She maintains a direct communion with the Old One, and is able to lull it back to sleep should the player choose to do so. She is a prisoner within the Nexus, and cannot die, the same way that you are, for your Nexial Binding Ring keeps you there as she has a Nexial Binding on her ankle. The only way she will be freed is to lull the Old One back to sleep. That freedom comes at a price, for the only way to keep the Old One asleep is for her to sleep along with it. She can be permanently killed by striking her while she puts the Old One to sleep, but the player must choose to kill her and take her place at the Old One's side, becoming a demon of immense power at the cost of the destruction of Boletaria and eventually the rest of the world. Immortality or choosing the right path. The Monumentals, who initially lulled the Old One back to slumber, believe that she follows his orders. The Maiden in Black appears to have somewhat split loyalties, however. If the Monumentals did not show King Alant how to awaken the Old One, the only other character with that knowledge would likely be the Maiden in Black. She is also the method of the player's corruption as she uses the demon magic to embolden the player's flesh with the souls of humans, a power that, as the game states, contradicts the essence of the soul itself. Once the five archdemons are defeated, the Maiden in Black recognizes the howl of the Old One, which she calls the Voice of Yore, which stands for a time long past, and brings the player down to meet the Old One. There she speaks to it, as if she is in constant communication, telling it she has done as commanded and brought a new demon to serve as a replacement for the failure that is King Alant. There, the player must choose to allow the Maiden in Black to lull the Old One back to slumber, saving Boletaria, or killing the Maiden in Black and claiming your rightful place beside the Old One as this last standing and mightiest of demons. The many former citizens of Boletaria once prayed to God to grant them divinity and life. Among the most notable figureheads of the kingdom's parish were Saint Urbane, a highly respected man of great spiritual knowledge and an abundance of faith, and the sixth Saint Astrea, a divine maiden worshipped for her purity. Saint Urbane's followers revered him as being in direct communication with God, and through him they believed his message was delivered. It is Saint Urbane's belief that the demons, as well as the Old One, 
were placed in Boletaria and the world, and the fog consumed the kingdom as a test from God, and the all must use his miracles to banish the soul-thirsty horde. As the players trek through this brutal, unforgiving land of Boletaria, and face each and every one of the foes, creatures, surroundings, demons, and NPCs, it's clear that the world, despite the palpable despair that has consumed all, is very much alive. Demon Souls, although being renowned for its stoicism and storytelling, leads the players to search for the lore and draw their own conclusions regarding the fate of Boletaria and its past. And for that reason alone, Demon Souls is the most profound of the Souls franchise. For even as the ever-growing threat of both physical and spiritual consumption loom over the remaining souls in Boletaria, the world goes on, and the crippling feeling and remnants of structures both physical and societal leave the player writhing for meaning in the most desolate of places.